October 25th, Brightspell, Minnesota. Why? Your grandfather spoke very highly of you. You're the only one! Why? I'm on one, what's your emergency? Why, why, why? What are you searching for? Why are you here? On my drive back to the hotel, twilight setting in, I... I remember the reasons I left home. Thorn's words stirred up a... a hornet's nest of memories. Colliding, chaotic. And I remembered the reasons I never looked back. I was close to my grandfather, as a child, as a high school student. I loved that man. I recalled the the final moments without goodbyes, thanks to the last argument with my father. I was thinking on how I was slapped across the face so hard that the handprint stayed fresh in my cheek. All my belongings packed into two bags, no more harsh words lashing like a whip across my back. My grandpa suddenly there. Just, just there. Eyes red and swollen from lack of sleep. From tears. I just, I didn't, I didn't see it at the time. I didn't know it. My grandfather suddenly there, just in time to watch his own son slap his grandson. So hard that it, took him off his feet and I was defensive thinking why is this man here why is he here I thought it was to to break down my defenses make me make me change my mind a turncoat a betrayer grandfather this this grand man he had no idea of the argument ripping through our family tearing it apart beyond repair papa had a different mission a different reason for being there one only i could have saved him from and i i thought of another letter received by jimmy grillo Words about a a ship. A letter from my grandfather, my papa, asking his grandson to save him before the darkness came back. My papa likely holding that letter before placing it into an envelope. Like it was not only important to his life, but to all the stars and all the worlds from this one to the next. I can still hear my grandfather's hysterical voice, as if it were still screaming. Thorne was right. Surely he had been haunted by something. 
You gotta believe me, please. You gotta believe me. I'm not. I'm not going mad, I swear. I had destroyed that letter when I was younger. More bitter. In a fit of rage and what I thought to be betrayal. With rage, I shoved the letter in my pocket and on my way home from the gym, I had come across several homeless men. They were, they were keeping warm near a garbage drum fire. And I threw that letter into those flames without ever even acknowledging the men. The flames licking at it instantly, consuming, devouring. Fragments. My name on the envelope, the drawing of a little ship on the back. Storming out of the house, never looking back at those left behind, my, my cheek still red from my father's slap. I never looked back, not even at my grandfather. The last time I had seen him, he was kneeling before the fireplace, kneeling as if he could foretell the future by its firelight. His eyes wild and wide as fresh tears fell, and all of his hope lost. Whispers in the Cries Written and performed by Matthew Ewald Produced by Star Chaser Productions Black River Mental Health Facility October 26th Black River, Minnesota. I had seemingly come to a dead end in my search for the truth I so desperately sought. There were no more questions. The truth, the answers, that much more elusive. The images of the ship, the way the door to my grandfather's den had slammed shut, that strange whisper, a warning, a threat. The shadowed figures both upon the page and then seen out of the corner of my eye. Foggy memories. An overactive imagination I had told myself. But add to that the therapist that certainly had knowledge of, of some sort but was unwilling to share. There were just too many questions with no answers in sight. There was nothing that led to the asylum my grandfather had been committed to just weeks before he had died. And what my imagination and fear had told me was a violent and bloody end. But me being here in Black River, this is where the trail led. And I hope to God it wasn't where it ended. There was a part of me, deep down, that felt... that felt responsible for my grandfather's death. If only I'd listened to the man the, the, the way I had, I had pushed him aside, discarded that letter with such disrespect. If only I could have saved him. Maybe things would have been different. Who knows? 
Maybe I would have been different. Once I arrived at the mental health facility, you know, it... It was still an asylum to me, no matter what you gloss the truth over with. Once I arrived at the mental health facility, it was only a few moments before I met Dr. Anthony Midwell, the head of the ward, the man in charge, the overseer of all those sad bastards screaming and clawing and defecating their way to madness. Midwell explained once we were in his office about the strange markings, the artwork and words scrawled across the padded walls and on the floor. Images of ships, of shadowed forms, and of a man in a top hat and grin. I showed him the artwork I had found in my grandfather's safety deposit box, asking if it might mean anything, anything at all. It was the doctor's hesitation which forced my hand. Okay, look, what aren't you telling me? The doctor gave me the same look that I had given Jimmy back at the gym when I had heard the news. It was indifference. It was as if my grandfather was better where he was, buried in the cold, dark earth than out in the open, still alive for all to see, to judge, to mock. Okay, look. I get it. All right, doctor, patient confidentiality, I, I get it. There's all these hushed whispers, these, these awkward glances. Everyone at the funeral knew something they weren't saying. And now, you. I said with mounting desperation, for the love of God, please. Please, I'll, I'll beg if you need me to, but just please tell me what everyone else won't. Dr. Midwell sighed. He knew heavy burdens all too well. Maybe. Or maybe he could spare my soul his own. Your grandfather was a sick man. Disturbed. He killed himself, Mr. Conroy. He took his own life. Wait, no. No, no, wait. The doctor's words had sunk in instantly. But my shock couldn't be hidden. Not this time. You see, it turns out that, um... Turns out I did care. I cared enough to not believe such a thing. To not want to believe such a thing. And then Midwell said he thought I should see something. My grandfather's room. Black River, 2.13 p.m. You cannot imagine the unimaginable. I don't believe that. We walked down a small hallway and took a right turn into a larger one. Once there, Midwell stood back and let me dig deeper, studying each image in the room once occupied by my grandfather, as if my own life had depended on it. I took photographs with my Kodak C743, then made spoken notes into a cassette recorder small enough to fit into my back pants pocket. Both sight and voice mattered when unlocking the dark secrets of the past.
Notes were scribbled and the truth was sought. It was the journalist in me. But yet I still had that same repeated thought. So this is what it felt like to care again. And it was in my unrelenting search for the truth that I found a single image, scrawled with my grandfather's blood, just as it was after my grandpa killed himself. This was a crime scene after all. At one point to make certain that it was indeed a suicide and not a homicide. This, right here, in this terrible place is where my grandfather had killed himself. And everything was exactly the same. I could smell him. Midwell told me that all of the images, the, the words and markings were all written over the course of one evening. It had been my grandfather's first night in the asylum, and everything had been written or scrawled in blood. Truth is, they had tried. They tried to clean the room with... with no success. <laughs> room. Not cell, I thought. Because cell rhymes with hell. But then the old man had become hostile saying that everything on the walls was a pattern. A pattern to the other side. The other world. Those were his words. Midwell said. He said the markings needed to be studied and learned from. So that others didn't fall into the same nightmare that he had. My grandfather had been sedated and taken away and orderly scrubbed and sanitized the room. So there was a shiny, happy cell masquerading as a comforting room for future patients. And when checked upon the following day, the staff found that my grandfather had turned his new room into the same as the first, the exact same images which told the same horrifically haunting story. Only one thing was different. The second go-round, the sketch of the ship, had the letters Q-M on its hull. Now that, that was the first clue so desperately sought since the safety deposit box find. Q-M. The only thing that mattered. Q-M, I repeated. This time not aware I was speaking out loud. Yes. Midwell said. Your grandfather was fixated on it. Wait, wait, it? Wait, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you know what this means? I pointed at the vessel drawn upon the wall with all that remained of my grandfather's life. Yes. Midwell said. It's the Queen Mary. The Queen Mary, I repeated. Mm. The ghost ship. 